Megan Fun of Sports is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Everybody and welcome on into this week's edition of Megan Fun of Sports. It is April 19th, which means tomorrow is 420, baby. I am Megan Connolly, joined as always by Megan Gailey. Megan, what is going on? It's really beautiful here in Los Angeles. Um, I'm doing an hour tomorrow on 420 here in LA. My son is cute. He's turning one on Tuesday, and we decided to take him to Disneyland on his birthday. Very lucky guy. Very lucky little guy. It is very interesting for me to reflect on this time last year because I remember doing this podcast. Eddie and I were just doing it. You were on maternity leave. Um, I was moving. It was a total catastrophe. And now we are just in totally different places. You've moved into a new house. Eddie has moved into a new house. You have a baby. It is wild. Eddie's engaged. Eddie is engaged. It is wild how far we have come um, on this journey. In one year, in front of sports. Um, and congrats to you, a sub three hour Boston Marathon. I, it's absolutely amazing. Thank um, you, thank you. How how's your bod feeling? My body feels really good. This is probably okay. the best I've felt post marathon. Now today I did get a massage and um, I did go in the steam room and the sauna and do all of that good stuff. So that definitely helped. Um, but overall, it was it was great. There were a few moments I didn't know if I was going to get sub three because I felt very nauseous during the race and I sort of debated. Am I going to stop to go to the bathroom? Am I not going to stop to go to the bathroom? And I was thinking about it for probably like six miles. And then it was right before the hill started. And I said, this is your last chance. You got to go before the hills or you're not going at all. So I went to go at the top of mile 16, which is a huge downhill. And I opened the porta potty and there was just a man sitting on the toilet. In sitting. There. Oh, boy. So I was like, oh, no, I'm so sorry, sir. So I just ran down the hill and I said, if there's a... Porta potty at the bottom. I will use it if there's not just going the rest of the way. Um, there was a set of five. I went to the restroom quickly, as quickly as I possibly could, then got back on the course and looked at my watch and said, Oh boy, you gotta make up some time. It probably cost me two to three minutes. Um, and then a also lot. just yeah, it, and I mean, I didn't really have much time to play with. So um there was a couple of moments when I was running thinking, oh my God, I just ruined it. I'm not going to be able to break three. I got to mile 21. I thought 21 miles is good enough. I should just quit. And then I <gasps> said, that's going to be really awkward when we all go get, go to get beers and all these people are tracking me and I'm just going to be like, yeah, I quit. So it was a lot of uh, tough love conversations with myself, but we got it done. Sub three hours, the last mile, it was pouring rain, but it was everything I hoped. Did that, feel kind, of. did that feel kind of good? The rain? Um, I was nervous that I was going to fall. Oh, so yeah. that was one thing because your legs are just dead. And then suddenly you have this rain and Oof. you're exhausted. Um, and then what really didn't feel good is as soon as you stop, you got to walk about a mile to get out of the security zone to meet your friends and family. And suddenly you realize, like, uh, since you're no longer running, you're just wet. Yeah. 
Oh no. And rain Rain and and frozen. So that was not the greatest, but overall, I mean, I've thought of that moment of running down Boylston and breaking three hours for like seven years now. And I finally did it. Let's go. Amazing. Congratulations. Um, and then you went and had beers. What was the, what was the post-race meal? Post-race, we went to a brewery called mm. Night Shift Brewery, and they were giving out free pizzas to runners. So I got a oh. free pepperoni pizza. If you wear your medal around on Marathon Monday, I mean, I should just give, you guys should all come one year and I'll just give you all medals and you can get free stuff all day. A whole free pizza. That's like CJ's dream. Yes. Maybe you can convince him to run a marathon by telling him he gets a free pizza. I got pizza and then um, that was like lunch. And then Andrew and I went to one of our favorite restaurants in Boston called Chickadee for dinner. And I had a dirty gin martini, which was something Ooh. I really wanted on Sunday night. Couldn't have it. Had it Monday night. And I'm sure it went down real nice and smooth. You're a gin gal. Um, Love gin. Gin's had a real big uh, resurgence. Um, So you are everyone here at Extra Points Mensch of the Week. We were all cheering you on. Um, I saw Harry was having to do some hijinks, eating some Boston food while walking on a treadmill. I think I could do it. That was his marathon. Um, We walked for an hour. And ate Boston baked beans, Boston cream donuts. Um, I'm trying to think of what else he ate. I listened to the podcast. I was getting a little concerned that he was going to fall off the treadmill, especially when he showed people how he does his strike three umpire call while walking on the treadmill with a belly full of Boston beans. If you haven't seen it, go over to Extra Point Social Media. You got to watch this video. It's ridiculous. Okay. Well, I'm glad I, I'm glad I I had no fear that you would be fine, but I'm glad Harry made it. Because well, I also actually... have, to, have to tell you guys, I was so annoyed with Harry for projecting my time to be three hours, three minutes and 49 seconds is what I believe he projected me to finish out. Now, last year, he projected my time on the nose, three hours and six minutes when I wanted to break three. Thought it was disrespectful, but you know what? I couldn't do anything about it because he was right. So this year, as soon as I cross the finish line, stop my watch, realize I break three. I'm so excited. And there's volunteers everywhere. I mean, these mm-hmm. people are amazing because they don't have, I mean, we nobody really has to be there, but like, they're not even running. They're just yeah. standing in the rain, helping all of us get the job done. So I don't even have my medal yet. I haven't even reached the point of the finish line shoot where they put your medal around you. And I gave my phone to one of the volunteers. And I said, can you please just take a quick video of me? And she was like, okay. And I think she thought it was going to be like a cute, sweet mom. I did inspiring. Yes. Um, and I said, Hey, Harry, uh, you got the time wrong. And I told him to suck it. So I was thinking of him (laughs) as soon as I crossed the finish line, F you, Harry, I did it. Honestly, sure. A woman in Boston suck it to her is probably like saying hi to your mom. You know, like she's like, (laughs) I've seen worse, honey. Um, Congrats to you. Uh, And congrats to Juan Flores, who is the April prop quiz winner. He got seven right. Juan, you're a big winner. Megan's a big winner. Harry's a big loser slash winner. Um, now let's get into our mentions and morons of the week. Megan, you you kick us off. You take us anywhere you want to go. 
Well, I would just like to give my mensch of the week to, um, I mean, I know it's cliche, but to all of the spectators and volunteers at the Boston Marathon, uh, the crowd was on another level this year. This was my fifth time running it. And I don't know if it's like the first real year that COVID is over, but at Wellesley, Massachusetts, which is mile 11, Wellesley College is there. It's an all girls mm-hmm. college. The girls are known for screaming and holding signs that says, like, kiss me. So all of the runners will stop and they'll kiss all the Wellesley girls. And obviously this is not not good to happen during a global pandemic. Yeah, I don't know why um, I'm clutching my pur- pearls like this. <laughs> like, I've definitely kissed random people before. But um, last year, the kiss tunnel wasn't as good as it normally is because obviously we're we're just taking yeah. masks off all of yeah. those things this year it was back so lots of wellesley girls getting their did kisses. you kiss anyone i thought about it i didn't yeah. but i did i did think about it, it it's kind of you know you stop but i did high five them all it was great mm-hmm. um boston college those kids were rowdy oh my gosh and just to show you what level Boston was on, I'm not sure if you watched the Red Sox game on Monday, Patriots Day, but there was an entire section of boys in the rain. I'm calling them boys because they were acting mm-hmm. like boys mm-hmm. in the rain, shirts off. It's about 52 degrees as it's pouring and they are just dancing in the outfield during a rain delay. Um, that was the crowd that was at the marathon and they were fantastic. So they are my munches of the week. Okay, amazing. Um, my mentions this week are this happened like right after we recorded last week, but it's something I truly did not know if we would ever see happen in our lifetime. And that is the sale of the Washington Commanders. So my mensch is Commanders fans who the rest of us on the outside were like, Dan Snyder sucks, get him out of here. We know every bad thing he's done. Well, actually, there's no way we know every, we know probably <laughs> the tip of the iceberg. And Finally, a deal has happened. The team was sold to, let me get his name, Josh Harris. That sounds like a regular ass man. He also owns owns the New Jersey Devils, has a stake in the 76ers. So he's really rounding out his portfolio. But to the fans that have been just having to suffer through a terrible stadium, an owner who does not necessarily care about the product and just sports fandom purgatory. And I know a lot of them jumped off the ship, but I know commanders fans that have stayed. And Mm -hmm. so kudos to them. I think this is just going to be a breath of fresh hair and such a, it's been such a waste for an iconic, famous, legendary, historic team to basically have zero presence in the league. So I think it's good for the NFL at large. Um, I am with you on that. And I hope they get a new stadium. ASAP. I, they're going to. They're, that like that must have been part of the deal. I'm sure it's coming. And whatever they do with the one that they have now, made it, make it a voting booth. Just one giant voting booth. Um, Eddie, who is your mensch this week? So, yeah, before I give my mention, I have to say again, uh, and Megan, you said it before that, you know, Megan, this Megan is the mensch of the week for everyone at EP. I mean, finishing a marathon at all 26.2 miles, crazy doing it sub three hours, uh, even more incredible. Plus the bad conditions uh, in, you know, in Boston. Uh, I have to ask this, though, and I know you said you went to a brewery after I remember one of the years um, my roommate uh, who was not I have a, my best friend roommate did a study abroad program. I got a sophomore put in my room when I was a senior, but this kid did the marathon and I came back into my room after a day of partying, Megan, you know, the scene, how it is, especially by the finish line where BU is. 
and the the kids feet were up on the desk and they looked mangled and they were almost Ew. like wet and they smelled Ew. so bad Ew. i could barely stand there i had to just went into like a quick like change of clothes <laughs> or something and left immediately but he was like in this in like a rolling like chair with wheels tilted back and he looked drained like he looked <laughs> so out of it like it took so much out of him how were you in that like post race like window, were you totally out of it? You said you were eating pizza at a brewery. You seem like a total opposite of the kid I live with. Well, this was number eleven for me. So I've been that person before that gotcha. just cannot move laying down. I feel like you know the body's amazing. Megan gave birth a year ago. It's crazy what you can do, and I feel like my body is just used to this mm -hmm. in a way um like i feel everyone i do my recovery gets easier and easier i was so happy though because speaking of feet i did not get any black toenails this time so oh my god so this is very good for my wiki feet page yeah. um all of my toenails are intact wow yeah. thumbs up thumbs up no but i did feel good i um i honestly felt I know like this, people are gonna be like, yeah, duh, Megan. But I felt worse during the race. I felt so nauseous. It, I was just hoping that it would go away. My legs felt fine. My breathing was fine. My mind was fine-ish, but my stomach just, oh, I felt so nauseous the whole time. I'm not sure if it was nerves or what it was. So when I was done, I was just like, please, someone give me a beer right now. Awesome. Well, I just had to ask that. So uh, you get the honorary mention of the week, but I'll give one another warrior this time on the ice. My favorite time of year playoff hockey, because you get injuries like this. And then after the playoffs are over, you get a lot of like undisclosed injuries, guys that have like broken bones who are just like tying it up, like, you know, getting injections and just taping up real tight before it. Um, Morgan Barron, Winnipeg Jets player, former Rangers draft pick. He's their left winger for them. Got a skate near the eye in the Jeez. in the face in the Ugh. game versus the Vegas Knights. 75 stitches. Oh, my God. Oh, luckily did not impair his vision. He could still see uh, almost actually uh, they almost scored on that play, too, where he got hit in the face of the skate comes back in less than a period. Now, I'm not going to take the time to, you know, poo poo other sports leagues that the guys missed so much time for no reason. But I just love the hockey players are warriors. The cup means so much to them. And even guys that have lesser roles on teams know how much it means. So they they stitched him up 75 stitches. They put on the helmet with the old college hockey cage to protect Ugh. his face. And he went out there. Uh, I just love seeing it. So Morgan, uh, Morgan Barron, you get my uh, my mention of the week there. Well, speaking of hockey players being gritty, did you see that Zedno Chara ran the marathon? Yeah, and he ran it pretty fast, too. He was 338, which is an average of 815 miles. And he's six foot nine. That's a big body to carry around. That's huge. Hey, he looked good. I think I was looking at his splits afterwards. I think he definitely trained really hard for it. And I think he hired a coach because for someone doing their first marathon on that course with his body type, who's not a runner, that's that's incredible. Well, that yeah, sure? a professional athlete, you don't want to get shown up doing something sporty. You know, I saw the other athletes coach. though were running like five hours. I was like, all right, I'd be walking. I'd be walking. <laughs> I'd be pushing a stroller. Um, okay. Speaking of moronic things to do, like me, I told you about the time I, I once ran in the Chicago marathon for half a block so I could get to my Weight Watchers meeting. <laughs> um, so my moron this week is... Megan, I know this is one of your 75 teams, mm -hmm. um, but it and is, I'm repping purple for them today. Yes, it is Sacramento Kings Stadium security, not the team. Um, 
I, I'm sure you guys have heard about this by now. Rapper E40 was in attendance at game one of Kings Warriors and was thrown out. Um, and then when the statement came out, they cited excessive standing, which is not a reason to throw someone out. He has cited saying that it was a racial bias, that he was being aggressively heckled and he, in an appropriate manner, like said, please don't do that. And it was against a white woman. And so stadium saw a black man and a white woman and said, We're, you're out of here. Um, it's like, you guys, you can't throw out famous people. Okay. Like if you're going to be racist, can we post photos of the people that you're not supposed to throw out because they have a larger following than the King's security. All right. So they are investigating it. Um, and like, uh, this, this always happens at NBA games because the players are so close Mm -hmm. to the front row and then also the fans are right on top of each other so there's always issues we've been hearing about it for ages it really does not matter the, the city like that's kind of what we've learned is like yeah you can be in salt lake city and we've all seen those mormon ghouls you can be in indianapolis remember that woman in in the last dance that people still send me the photo of it's like yes there are crazy looking white people everywhere and Mm -hmm. it's like you just you can't throw out a a rich black man for standing you know like if he's courtside he's allowed to do what he wants courtside I was having this discussion I had when you go to a concert in Vegas everyone sits I was seeing Cher Cher's 72 years old you're telling me you can't stand up for share while she's out there in her little three inch heel dance. If you're going to a playoff game and you don't want to stand, then stay home. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. My moron of the week is Harry because one, he yes. was wrong and guessed against me. And two, now he gives himself, Harry is so interesting because he is the most irrational amount of confidence out of anybody uh-huh. that I've ever met in my life. Um, now he's taking credit for my performance. So I think that's very moronic of him. Um, you know, Harry, I think he should face Kappa consequences, like lose 26.2 pounds for the fact that I, that I beat the time. And I think Harry's doctor would be on board with that plan. Like it's, that's, <laughs> I, that's not even a consequence. It's like that, that may just be a smart move at this point. Um, Eddie, give us your moron. All right, so I want to go over to baseball now. We've been pretty pro MLB so far yes. this season on this pod. They made, you know, this archaic sport that uh, refused to change, did make changes for the betterment of the fans and the players. Um, but there are a lot of bad teams, and the problem with a lot of bad teams in baseball is there's no incentive for them to win. A lot of owners are quote-unquote poor. Probably the worst example of this, um, which is kind of shocking because, you know, there are, some, you know, the Nationals, the Cincinnati Reds have been pretty vocal about being bad. The Royals, Rockies, other teams, um, the Oakland Athletics, and they are now in the news because the Mets broad TV broadcast booth had to move to a different broadcast booth because of a, a, a possum that was in there and it was going, you know, <laughs> crapping all over their desk and stuff. Now, this is funny because it's not the first time this happened. This is uh, last year. The Yankees were in town. And the Yes crew had a move because of possum traps. And I believe um, they had an infestation with some sort of bugs as well. 
And it's just like, we're not so far removed from when, you know, the athletics were a really good team. When they had yes, Moneyball. Uh, we all saw it. There was, a, there was a movie Academy with Brad Pitt. Award winning film. Exactly. A movie with Brad Pitt and Jonah Hills and about you. You had the MVP, Miguel Tejada. You have, you know, the Giambis and you like you had the big three in Hudson, um, Zito, Zito and Mulder. And now you're in this this era where you're just simply not trying to win. And I get it. I get you're going to try to move to Vegas. It seems like all signs are pointing towards a new stadium in Vegas. I know the the Coliseum, which they play in, is super outdated. I know the area around it is pretty bad and not really um, good for families and, and, and fans to hang out there. But, you know, and now the fans think a good idea with the, to do is a reverse protest by showing up to the game to prove that, like, hey, look, we're not the we're not the problem it's not us that we don't want to show up we're just trying to show you that we don't care i mean minor league baseball teams every single minor league baseball team has had attendance this season that's been more than the oakland athletics which is insane to think about so the fans want to do this reverse uh boycott Uh, i'm not sure what it's going to really show but i feel for these fans uh the athletics are a proud franchise they've been around for quite some time um and you know in the oakland area and uh, you know excited to see them move I, I feel like it just has to happen at this point but it's pretty inexcusable for a major league franchise uh to have this sort of stuff happen it looks it's a clown show um and it's another black mark on the mlb just as they're kind of improving the overall game when you see stuff like this you just roll your eyes so yeah. uh the entire organization gets my morning of the week I don't know how the the Coliseum is approved by the Board of Health if there is a possum infestation in the broadcaster's booth. What if someone gets rabies? No disrespect to possums. They're very ugly animals. And like, (laughs) it's not one of those things where you're like, oh, no, we can make it work with them in here. You know, like, you're good. We're good. Like they're and they play dead. So like, you don't know if they're if they're dead or alive. I feel for the city of Oakland, which is where the Warriors used to play and Mm -hmm. and was like that was people didn't want to go to that. And then it was the diehards. And then the team started winning and they were really rewarded for sticking it out. And then the team up and moved. And so it's like they they are a rabid fan. I mean, the Raiders got like it's like these are people that love their sports teams through and through. And they just keep up and moving for money purposes. And it's like off. Um. Be careful. I think the possum community might cancel you online for your um, insensitive comments about their species. Well, so you know what? Be careful once, on that. once a possum was dead on my front porch for 24 hours and they would not come and pick it up because they said possums play dead. So we need to wait 24 hours to prove it's really dead. And then they came and we did not watch them throw it into the truck, but we did hear them the guy scooped it up, launched it, and we heard "dud," and then that was how the possum was removed from our lives. So I apologize to possums all over the world, but your existence has been traumatic for me as well. Thank you for apologizing to the possum community. I'm glad that this podcast will not be getting canceled by a pack of possums. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with all things sports. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All of this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OMAHAFULL. That's O-M-A-H-A-F-U-L-L. And then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. 
You keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get it right back as a bonus bet. Must be 21 plus. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and rewards credits will be added to the account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promo for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem in Arizona? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. In Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and response Referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Okay, we are back. And before we dive into the NBA and NHL playoffs, we have to talk about a debate that is sweeping the internet. If you have not seen this, I don't know what you're doing. You must live underneath a hole or live... Under a possum. Yeah, maybe under a possum. Maybe wherever possums live, that's, that's where you live. But... Blue Jays pitcher Anthony Bass tweeted out about his wife and his kids in a popcorn incident on a United airplane. So his pregnant wife, she is five months pregnant. I believe that's 22 weeks, mm-hmm. has two children with her that she's flying solo. Very difficult to fly solo um, with two children while with child. One of her children. While made a pregnant, mess. I wouldn't even attempt. I would not even attempt it. There's not. I would go. Nope, I'm not doing that. Um One of her children made a mess with popcorn and the flight attendant allegedly told 
Mrs. Bass that she needed to clean it up. And allegedly, Mrs. Bass was down on her hands and knees cleaning up this popcorn. Anthony Bass tweets about it, and it stirred up an entire controversy on the Internet. I know where I stand. Megan, where do you stand? So I have been a waitress before. I have never been a flight attendant. And I think we can all agree what flight attendants have had to go through through the last three years is they are not paid for. Like, it is not okay. And I've seen so much mistreatment. They are actually not there to serve us drinks. They are there to make sure the plane is able to travel safely. And I do think we've sort of lost track of that. Um, I will say this is an instance where I do think two things can be true at the same time. I think, yes, you absolutely need to be responsible for your child. Mm-hmm. But also, I think businesses can be more accommodating to parents sometimes. Mm-hmm. So do I think... I would ask a visibly pregnant woman to get on her hands and knees and pick up popcorn. No, but I also wouldn't take to the internet to shame United Airlines for doing that to my wife. So I think there's some thing like it ended up being like, hey, Anthony, you are a you are a professional athlete. Why is your wife traveling alone? Um, why don't you fly someone else with her? That'll be a nanny or a, or another family member. And a lot of people brought up, why are you traveling in coach? Which I, I, I do have to say, I am someone, I only fly first class. And I know that sounds really crazy. It's the thing that I choose to spend my money on. I cut corners elsewhere so I can fly first class. I am flying with Conrad back to Indianapolis and we are flying coach because I'm not going to feel comfortable having a one-year-old in first class. Like it'll make me feel like people are annoyed with me because they've paid to have a positive experience. And I've also had children in first class and they were bad and it's not their fault, but it is like, "Mm, that's kind of paid to like not have to be dealing with that. So I understand them being in coach but I do think there's solutions outside of just United Airlines is bad. I agree with that. And also thank you for your service and not flying with Conrad in first class. I don't pay for first class, but I typically get upgraded because I fly so often. And when I'm not upgraded, I always do a quick scan of who's in first class because I want to see who's flying more than me. And if I ever see a child in first class, I'm like, excuse me, (laughs) why are you here? Four year old and a butt, but it's like, you can't now granted I have flown in first class along which like there were other children who were passengers and they were very well behaved but you could tell the parents were so anxious because it's Mm -hmm. like oh my god is a businessman gonna flip out at me and it's like I don't need that energy (laughs) um so we are pretty much in agreement on on this um I don't like complaining in general And especially we talk a lot about like when you're punching up, this is Anthony Bass punching down. So a flight attendant, I looked it up earlier today. The median salary of a flight attendant is just a hair above $60,000 a year. Anthony Bass makes a lot of money and he's a public figure. For him to go on the internet and shame this person who has been through hell and back, there's there's uh, staff shortages for airplanes. Flights are getting delayed or canceled because there's not enough staff to fly these planes. And now this situation is being investigated. And unfortunately, I hope it doesn't come to this, but I think a flight attendant will lose their job over this. If your kid makes a mess, this is a lesson for 
This is a moment for you to teach your kid a lesson. I think one of the children was five. The other was two. Was two. A five-year-old, okay, you need to pick up the mess you made. You need to pick up the mess you made. And at least then the flight attendant can recognize, oh, the mother made an effort here. And now we all sort of help to clean up the rest of the popcorn. I think this was in poor taste for Anthony Bass to tweet this out. Um, I think it's really rude. Um, I think it's petty. And I think it's a, it's, it's attention in a bad way. Um, I don't like this at all. If he had an issue with it, I mean, you can send a private email, but putting yeah. it on a, putting it on a public platform like that. Um, it's just, that's really poor to me. I don't like yeah. that at all. So we are, we're on the same page. I do feel sorry for the the mother who was traveling alone while pregnant with two kids. But um, these are not commoners like the rest of us. These are not people like you and I. These are um, wax wives and girlfriends of professional athletes. They have money. They have support. There's there's no excuse. Mm -hmm. I will say having been out in the world as a pregnant woman, people do not make it easier for you. And I think that that is a shame. Um, I people did not give up seats. Um, people, th there's no parking like places for us. Like we truly, you become handicapped in a way and there are no accommodations for that. And yet everyone is going, why don't people have, why aren't we having kids? And it's like, you've made it really hard and really for people to have children. Um, so I, I do feel for her, but it's like, get, get a nanny, you know, like, Fly your nanny. You've got you've got money. I don't know why you backed yourself. And don't this pride thing of like, oh, if my nanny is traveling with me, then I'm not a good parent. Well, it's like, yeah, but you're also tweeting out a picture of your kid covered in popcorn. So it's like, just get a nanny. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, I'm glad we're on the right side of history. So we too. shall move on to the NBA playoffs, which started this weekend. I was at the Celtics game for game one, and they you have been so dominating. Cute. You look so thank cute. Thank you. Thank you. Um, oh, Eddie just informed us some breaking news. Ja Morant is out for game two. It was just announced. Um, he was dealing with an injury in game one. I believe it was something with his hand elbow said he couldn't feel his fingers in his hand. So wishing jaw a speedy recovery, but things are looking good in your household now, especially given this news because, um, the Lakers, they look pretty good. The Lakers came out to a very strong start. I believe won the game by 18. Um, the, the delusion though, I, I, it's really, and, and, and you are looking over your shoulder afraid oh, to talk about this. Oh, I'm absolutely afraid. And I'm afraid for Lakers fans to hear this. The game one is kind of the engineers going to win. Um, I do think now that jaw's out, it, it, they're not going to win without jaw. I, I, they have before. Yes, but, but they're they now also missing two big men. Mm -hmm. And so that means, so it's going to be Dylan Burke. Like, it's like we, the, the team is not the team of last year that was able to overcome just missing jaw. There's so many other factors at play. Um, so I think the Lakers are in a great situation now and, and, and looked good. And, and maybe they're clicking at the right time, but this, like the Lakers are, gonna win it all it's like I, it, there is a level of true lack of self-awareness all that said I'm going to the game on Saturday and I will and I am um, I will bite my tongue and I will cheer um 
I would say it's probably on the end of least interesting series right now. Um, the other one that has not really sparked much for me is the 76ers who are just rolling over the nets. Some of these teams, it's like, I still kind of think the first round could be best of five where it's like, I, I don't know if we need a seven. And and I know like there's play in, and, but it's like, some of these don't need to be seven. Um, the Celtics lead the Hawks. It's just been dominant. I mean, the story really yeah. with the Celtics, Derek, White has stepped up. Derek White has been fantastic. For the Lakers, I'm going to call him your Lakers. It's been, I'm going to mispronounce his name and it's not going to be good. Ray Hachimura. Yes, um, he's been Austin fantastic. Reeves. Yes. So I do love seeing these players get their moment, um, getting their opportunity to shine. Um, like I said, with the Celtics, it's been Derek White. He's been outstanding. Um, and really like a, a team effort. Tatum has been great. But the thing that worries me about Tatum is even on Saturday, he scored he scored uh, 25 points in the first half and like two in the second. So um, he can be a streaky player. We all know that he had his struggles last year in the finals. And I think um, that's really the growing pains. He is very young and they need to figure that out. So there were chants um, from Celtics fans of overrated to Trey Young, which is like, you know, fans chant, that sort of stuff. Then there was a report that came out yesterday that was an anonymous poll of a bunch of different questions. Um, like, who would you least like want to face in a fight? Who's most underrated, overrated? And the this is for of NBA players who were asked and answered anonymously. The most overrated they decided was Trey Young. And so I'm like, okay, so it's fans and his peers deciding that that's got to really imagine that really affects someone. He's a young man, too. And there's reports that he is probably the reason Nate McMillan got fired ultimately is they were not gelling. I think Nate McMillan. I think Nate McMillan is a really good coach and I was sad to see him leave Indianapolis and that was over a personnel issue too. And I do think in some ways it's like Nate McMillan may just be old school where it's like play hard, practice hard and like leave it all out there. And and I think there is some new school that's just going to go, I'm not doing that. I am not sure I like Trey Young. After his rookie season, I was fully in. And now after having a larger sample size and seeing him in the playoffs, I think I'm out. I think I'm out. And I think Hawks fans would probably agree with me on that. I don't think he is the superstar that you want to represent your franchise. I don't think he's good enough. Um, so the most interesting series, even though it's now Kings 2-0 over Warriors, I think is that game. The game on Sunday, you know, people are calling it a uh, offensive feat. This is when E40 was thrown out. And then in, in game two, we had this wild moment where Devonta Sabonis kind of held on to Draymond Green's ankle in, in a pile up and then Draymond Green stomped on him. (laughs) Yes, stomped on his chest. So Sabonis was teed up for holding onto his ankle and the Warriors were able to shoot their free throw. Draymond Green was ejected from the game and we found out today that he is now suspended for game three. Obviously, Draymond Green has a track record that comes with this. This is not the first time we've seen Draymond Green do something like this. Um... He's so dirty and he is really, he makes the Warriors who I think with Clay and Steph as the two faces of your franchise, a really likable team. He makes them unlikable. 
I will say, though, I think his teammates, maybe outside of Jordan Poole, are totally fine with him. Like, it's like it takes the heat off of them, though. So it's like, yeah, they're down 2-0 and they're the reigning champs. And all we're talking about is Draymond stomping on someone. So it's like there's definitely issues there. He's been a part of that core group for the entirety of their championship run, this, this dynasty that they've put together. So they want him there. They like him. You can see the fractures happening because, yes, there was that altercation that the video got leaked. I think that the issue with Draymond, because there were a lot of people that were like, he should not be suspended. He got ejected. He served his time. Like, let's bring him back. I think the issues get into him. Then once he's being ejected, then he starts he doesn't just leave the stadium. He starts yapping at the crowd. He stays there and he really revels in it, which I think, you know, you as a as a wrestling, wrestling goddess and me as someone who's getting into wrestling, it's like you do kind of have to admire that he's very comfortable going, I am the villain. Oh, and yeah. He's a heel. As- was as we watched the Love is Blind reunion, a lot of them should have just been like, yes, I'm a villain instead of yeah. like, no, I'm good. And so I do like Draymond stands in his truth of like, yes, I'm going to stomp on a man's chest. I'm going to get thrown out. And then I'm going to turn to the crowd and yell at them like it's their fault. And I go, that's really all I ask of an entertainer. Now, I want to know who's the most hated player. Is it Rudy Gobert or is it Draymond Green? I think it was who talked the most trash and it was Draymond. See, I think I hate Draymond more than I hate Rudy Gobert. But I don't hate I don't hate either one of them. Well, not (laughs) like in real life. I think they're probably both fine people. But like as a sports fan, I don't like them. Yeah. And and like, but that's a, what I'm I'm not supposed to like them. They're heels. Right. As, as a spectator, I want Draymond in game three because I want to see how him and Sabonis react to each other. Like, it's that thing of are we now protecting Sabonis, who does not actually need protection? I, I know not at all. I, I know it's them sending a message of you can't stomp and then glow on the way out, but I don't know. I mean, the, it, it may end up being a type of thing where it's like Draymond being out of there for a game is good for them because it is a distraction and now they can play. But it, the Kings have not been in the playoffs for 17 years and now they have a 2-0 lead over the reigning champions. It's really fascinating and exciting. I told um, you, get behind the Kings. I told you early on, if you need a West team, this is your team. Get behind them, light the beam. Um, last night we had Suns and Clippers. They're now tied 1-1. The Suns picked up a victory. Um, it was great to see their adjustments at the half. And really, Devin Booker was the story of this game. Um, I was kind of annoyed because I saw Scott Foster was going to be mm-hmm. the referee for this game. So naturally, what I did was I put money on the Clippers because we know mm-hmm. that Scott Foster hates Chris Paul. So I texted mm-hmm. our boss, Sal. I said, join me. We are all in on the Clippers. And he said, actually, I'm doing the opposite. You were wrong. I'm betting on Chris Paul to have a double-double. And I was like, well, let me know how that works out. And Sal won money and I did not win money. The last leg of my parlay did not hit. But um, I love when the games are in Arizona. We need more 4K shots of all of these fans just celebrating. This is what what I was telling CJ last night. So we watch the the local feed when we're watching Pacers games, because obviously Pacers games are not broadcast Mm -hmm. out here in Los Angeles. I want there to be an option on playoff games to watch the local feed, because I like seeing all the giveaways. I want to see the baby races. I want to see the ugly people. I want to see the toothless fans. And it's like, we're getting this like 
ABC Disney Glow. And I go, no, 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 no. Give me your ugly courtside. That's really what I'm here for. Um, I I am actually rooting for the Clippers in this series. And the reason I am, you know, I am the, probably the biggest Russ apologist that yes. maybe is left. His game one was so impressive. He was. was he was doing things offensively, defensively, like for all the- It was vintage Russ. All the crap you can say about Russell Westbrook, which I never would because I don't believe any of it. He <laughs> truly plays his hardest every single minute that he is on the court. And it is, it's really like inspiring. And then he pulled his thing and he pointed at his chest and I said, yes. And people were like, yeah, but his shooting percentage wasn't that good. I go, all I see is heart baby. And he played great. I mean, he's, he's blocking shots. It's really fun to see them play defense. Like that's, what's great about the playoffs. You go, well, they really can block shots. And And, and the last block was an exclamation point on his game Mm -hmm. because he already had a fantastic game, but then to seal the win with a block and then, the throw pass all the way down to the other end to lock up the victory. Um, I was happy for Russ because he's had a rough go in LA and now he's with a new team in the same city and um, having a playoff run. So yeah, I'm happy for him. He's got a little chip on his shoulder. Um, Giannis left uh, game one early. I'm so sad. I'm, I'm devastated. I, I, it's really still up in the air. They, they, they cannot do anything without him. And last year they were they were crippled by the loss of um Crystal mm-hmm. So it's really like ugh, we need this Bucks team, which I really love, to to get healthy. I'm hoping he can come back. I, they're obviously doing everything they can, but if your back hurts, we all, we know everything else hurts. Also in that series, um, probably my least favorite player, actually, Tyler Hero. Uh, his hand is broken, he has to have surgery and he will be out. Until the finals, I guess this gives him time to really focus on his relationship. Um, Which we haven't had many updates on lately, but I'm sure we'll get some because I think he'll be probably on the trade block this summer. So I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot more of Tyler Hero as we head into offseason content. Anything um, else from the NBA? Yes. In Purdue news, seven foot four standout. Standout um, Zach Eady has declared for the NBA draft while also keeping his college eligibility. I don't fully. I, I'm I'm guessing he wants to test the waters, but you can't get drafted and then go. Oh no, I don't like that team. I'm going back to college. I don't think that's fully how it works. Um, I this is someone who has only been playing basketball for like five years. Mm-hmm. I think it would be in his best interest to get one more year of playing under his belt. But I do understand that a seven foot four body is not long for this amount of abuse that happens on the knees. I mean, the big guys we see break down the fastest. So I understand him wanting to, you know, get a, get a check while he can. I I hope he winds up back at Purdue for one more season to make a a go at it. It seems like he's really tortured by this too, because this Mm -hmm. is really kind of a half in half out. And I, I don't know what's best for him, but I don't know. Am I wrong about this? Are they allowed to kind of test the waters, figure out where they're projected to be drafted and then decide? I think so. I think that's what he's doing. And So if he's going to be a first rounder, he's going to go. And if he's not, he'll go back to Purdue. Yeah. I I don't know that I see a gangbuster NBA career for him, despite his size. Um, So 
we'll see. That's that's my last little bit of NBA news. But they they could draft on potential because he's only been playing basketball for a while, develop the seven foot four body. So there's there's upside with him, as they say in the in the scouting biz. So from what you've seen so far, who um are you picking to come out of the East and who are you picking to come out of the West? I really enjoy um gosh, it's honestly I I do think the Celtics have looked good. The Mm -hmm. Bucs are my pick, but all of that depends on Giannis being able to come and and be effective. You know, a team that does absolutely nothing for me, the Nuggets. I just don't care. I mean, like we haven't, they don't care. I don't care that the jerseys aren't exciting. I find Joker to be not really that captivating. Um, So I think the West is pretty wide open. Maybe that's the delusion. I have seen a major uptick in mood around this household with the Lakers winning. So for the sanctity of my marriage, I'm going to pick the Lakers. Um, I like the Lakers also coming out of the West and I Depending on this Giannis thing, I like the Celtics coming on the East, but if Giannis can come back, then I like the Bucks. I wish it was the Kings, but I I think I think the Lakers, I think this is going to be LeBron's LeBron's uh something swan he's song. Fe- yeah, swan song. Put a little feather in his cap for this one. Um okay, shall we move on to the NFL? Yeah, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with our NFL bits. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Teams are contacting the 49ers about former third overall pick Trey Lance. Megan, do you want him in Indianapolis? That hairline and everything. I don't, yeah. (laughs) Would you rather, would you rather Trey Lance or the fourth pick? Oh, wow. I think it would depend on how much we have to give up for Trey Lance. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm almost inclined to say Trey Lance because he's been in the league. And I think we've seen some that we go, okay, this could work. Health is obviously an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that, that sort of bothers me at this point, the Colts, I think need to move up to third because we keep hearing these rumors and it's like, I don't, I don't want the third best quarterback in this draft. That's actually not that stacked with quarterbacks. Um, So I think I would take Trey. I read that letter that Anthony Richardson wrote that was published in the athletic and I found it to be so moving and so exceptional. And I don't think there's ever been a debate as to whether he's a good guy. He's obviously a really great guy and has a, a story that is too common of the challenges he's had to overcome. So I went, oh, this is someone I could really, really root for. But um, it's just, 
to, to put all your eggs in a basket that didn't have a great season in college. It's really, I think the Colts have backed themselves into a, a really bad situation. Well, it's interesting to see how this all shakes out because the 49ers, if we remember, they traded up to get trade yes. plans. And now just I have a blink of an eye later, they're open to moving him. So um, I think draft day is going to be very interesting. Obviously, nothing has happened with Lamar Jackson yet. So that could happen. I saw yesterday on ESPN, as of yesterday, the draft was nine days away. Now it's eight days away. That snuck up on us real quick. So there's going to be a lot of NFL action in the coming weeks here, which is probably how the NFL wants it because it's during the middle of NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs. But someone else who's uh, really kind of uh, blowing it up here is the Los Angeles Rams. So if we remember the year that they won the Super Bowl, they went on a spending spree. Oh my goodness, they signed everybody. And now just two years later, they're blowing it up. They traded Allen Robinson to the Steelers this week. I don't know who's even on the Rams anymore outside of Matthew Stafford. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I live here and I don't think anyone in LA knows. Uh, I, and, and Sean McVay is staying. So it, it does seem like he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to try and prove that I can rebuild this team from scratch. Uh, they have no draft picks. They have nothing. <laughs> no, and and I feel for them because it's not. This is not a city that cares about these two teams. Um, I was in San Diego this past week, and I started every set by saying "f the Chargers," and people, you know, that was the biggest reaction I got. So it's like it's really the Rams and Chargers both need to put a really compelling product on the field because this city is like only half in um yeah eddie's telling us the rams earliest pick is number 36 which it's like i don't think you're really gonna get a star there they have so much rebuilding to do they do have money um but they've got this gorgeous stadium they're in a massive market and it just seems i mean even when they won the super bowl no one cared here so it like long term i go this does not bode well um when the lakers are playing well and the dodgers are perennial favorites mm -hmm. so just just like as a fan base i'm i'm worried about it um I See, I think Sean McVay, like everybody in L.A., just this is what I want. Like we talked about before, we want there to be villains. We want there to be a little sports hate just in good fun, in good taste, not like real life. But I think Rams fans, if they're already out there, they should be mad at Sean McVay. They should be mad at the general manager, too, for putting them in this situation. I know you got the Super Bowl out of it, but especially if he left, at least he's staying now. But if he just leaves your franchise in this absolute turmoil, what mm -hmm. the hell, dude? Come on. I mean which is basically what Pete Carroll did to USC. Yes. Um, now, a hunk of all hunks, which, you know, we're, we're, we love our hunks over here. I think an unsung hunk who is now the highest paid player in NFL history. Jalen Hurts gets a five-year deal for $255 million. A lot has been made about the fact that he has a female agent. He also mm -hmm. has an entire female team. We're talking PR, marketing, management, 
all female representation and they got the highest contract ever. Kudos to him and all those gals. They're all gorgeous too. Like I saw a picture and it's like him. He's so hot. And then all of their hot little faces around him. And I was like, this is a show. Like give me Jalen's angels. Cause I am loving what I am seeing. I think that's a great idea. There needs to be a show about that immediately. Why don't we have that already? Billy? Well, this is a dirty business, Megan, and I need a day off. Okay. (laughs) Um, uh, some very good news elsewhere is that Damar Hamlin is clear to play football. Um, obviously, this is the news that we are all looking forward to and happy to see Damar Hamlin. It's good for Bills fans. It's good for the game. It's good for Damar. Um, and to be perfectly clear, though, he has said that he is taking it day by day. Like, yes, he has been cleared, but he's like, I don't. And I think he is well within every single right to go. Yeah, I don't. I just think mentally that would be something that's tremendously hard to come back from mentally more than physically. Yeah. Yeah. He, he died on the field. It's fine. If he goes, yeah, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a speaker now. Um, So I, I almost don't love that the announcement was made that he's cleared because I think it's something that should sort of come from him and what his wishes are. And it seems like we don't fully know what that is yet, but he may just really be tempering expectations. Um, Now there is some Patriots murmurings. Um, yes. You have you actually have an offensive coordinator this year. So that's very exciting um, in, in Bill O'Brien, who I really like. He was, you know, tasked with rebuilding Penn State after mm-hmm. their horrific scandal was with the Texans. And I don't think um, that was a experiment that was great for him given the ownership. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he is now back with his buddy. And he says that Mac Jones has a clean slate after a disappointing uh, 2022 season, which we here at Megan Fun of Sports do not put all on Mac Jones. No, I don't. Um, I, I'm not buying Mac Jones stock yet, but I'm not selling it either. I'm just kind of holding on to what I have and seeing what happens. Um, year one, I think we were overly excited. And I think year two, we are overly disappointed as Patriots fans. So I think we need to sort of temper the expectations, give him an opportunity with an actual offensive coordinator. Um, we also have to remember the guy really didn't have a lot to work with, didn't have many weapons at all. He still really doesn't have that much to work with, but, um, hopefully, but Chin Bill O'Brien will help write the ship with Mac Jones. I'm optimistic for it. And so is Matt Patricia just moving an office over to defensive coordinator? I don't think so. I think he has some new um, title, title and they're they trying up. to like, I think if they made him defensive coordinator, that would cause absolute chaos in New England because he is persona non grata there right now. Everybody hates Matt Patricia. So I think in the spirit of sort of protecting him a little bit. They haven't given him um, a flashy title. I'm not sure exactly what he'll be doing. Bill Belichick is not one to give out titles, but I do think um, in this off season, the owner has sort of put his foot down and told Bill that he needs to make some changes because the team has not performed up to the standard whatsoever. And um, we're seeing those changes come into effect with, Billy O as the offensive coordinator and some other titles that have changed and roles that have shifted around as well. There's also news that Nick Casario, who was with 
the Patriots for a while. He was sort of like the pseudo GM. Obviously, Belichick always has last call, but um, he is now the GM with the Houston Texans, and he said that he's staying in Houston. So we will see if if that continues. Last Speaking- bit of great news. Yes. Um, Jim Ursay has tweeted that he is giving out $1 million, $1 million, if we can correctly guess the Colts' schedule. Mm. So we already have the opponents, right? Yeah, because I think we know the divisions, like yes. how, how it lines up that they would be playing. So we just would have to slot it in in, in the correct order. And when does the schedule come out? I don't know. Oh, I'm going to Google that right now. Schedule release day, because I think we should enter one. Maybe we should prep this for next podcast. This is a little show prep on the show for all of you listeners out there. Um, but we should show, we should um, do a little segment where um, it comes out May 12th, Thursday, okay. May 12th at 8 p.m. So I think we should guess it. Okay. And um, and then we can win a million dollars and yeah, we'll um, split it. Yeah. And we'll have a, I don't know what we're going to do with it, but um, I think we should have a big party, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll throw like 25 K towards the party. Yes. Um, I'm going to ask him if we do guess it correctly for him to pay the taxes. And oh go, yeah. Listen, I love you so much, but you're a billionaire and I'm going to need you to take care of the gratuity on this. Thanks. Yeah. I think he would love that and he would do it because you're from Indianapolis yes. and he'll probably your parent. I mean, we just send Peggy over there and she'll. Uh, and honestly, if it's it Indianapolis taxes, it's like four cents right and i live in florida and i don't think there is oh, any taxes great. So so no we taxes. We're we're just, okay we're all set um deandre hopkins wants to play for the chiefs or bills and so does everybody else yeah. so that is great. wrapping up <laughs> our nfl news um i'd like to bring on eddie spaghetti who's gonna give us a little hockey minute he's gonna explain all of these nhl teams to megan and i and we are gonna pick which one that we are getting behind for this playoffs go ahead eddie sure I will record this uh, on Wednesday around three o'clock, four o'clock now Pacific. I'll run through uh, the games that are going tonight and just give you kind of a general overview of uh, what's been going on. I have to stay right off the bat. I believe six road teams have won so far uh, between Monday and Tuesday night's games. It's an amazing thing. The road dogs are winning. It's the thing. It's the best about NHL playoffs. Like an eight seed could beat a one seed any given year. Um, very, very fun. So uh, we have, you know, going on today, Mikey Meatballs, Islanders team versus the Carolina Hurricanes. I would say the Islanders are similar to, um, you know, like they're the 85 Bears. They're strictly about okay. defense. Uh, they have a great goaltender in Sorokin. They don't want to like get the puck across in their net. Uh, offensively, do they have the personality of the Bears? Like, are they, they you know, where? No, and, okay, and they're, they're not miss- shuffling. Okay, they don't. They're more maybe like the Baltimore Ravens too. Like they're oh, missing the grinders. They're, miss- they're missing a. They're missing a, a Walter Payton. You know, like the, okay. the, the, the those two thousand Ravens team. They had Jamal Lewis. Fine, not a ton of firepower. They have a couple guys. Um, I think they'll make it a tough series, but I ultimately will take the Carolina Hurricanes. The Carolina Hurricanes are missing their best offensive player. Um, so I think they're going to struggle there a bit. Uh, the best team in all of hockey, Boston Bruins, they broke the record for most wins in a season. They broke the record for most points in a season. They are what those Golden State Warriors teams did years ago. The ones that broke the Michael Jordan Bulls record with the, what they had 73 wins. The Boston Bruins did that an incredible year. They are pretty much flawless. There is really no um, issues with this roster. They have two goalies that could even they can interchange at any point, and they should work. The only concern now, I'm told right they're now, young. They're young goalies, inexperienced. They're inexperienced, but I, it doesn't necessarily matter because their defense is just so locked down. Charlie McAvoy, um, you know, he's 
a top five defenseman in the league. They're just so, and they have David Pasternak, who's one of the best goal scorers in the league. It wasn't for a guy named Connor McDavid. So they are really as good as it gets, but the big but is that they have uh, the President's Cup tr- uh, trophy curse, which is the team with the most yes. amount of points. They don't necessarily they never see, win. They never win. So that's what's going against them. But an easy first round matchup in the Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers made a huge trade uh, with the Calgary Flames in the offseason, basically just swapping the team's best respective best players for each other. Um, the Florida Panthers back in the playoffs, not as good as they were last year. Uh, moving on to uh, the L.A. Uh, matchup here, the Kings Oilers. The Edmonton Oilers have the best player in hockey. He, they have the, the current Wayne Gretzky of this era. Um, he is, he, he want to say it's similar to like when LeBron was on the Cavaliers way early in his career, but he didn't have that much help. That's fine. Um, but you know what? They have a guy named Leon Dreisaitl who's a top five player, but it's, it's a thing where they're so top heavy, not great defensively, not great in, in, in net. Um, if they don't win this series and they don't advance and make a deep run, there's a good chance the best player in all of sports will be traded, which is an incredible thing to think about. He scored 150 points this year. Um, only six players have ever done that. So Edmonton really needs to win this Kings team. Uh, I am going to the game Sunday to see uh, McJesus in person, but this Kings team is a matchup nightmare. They're a young team. They're a gritty team. They have a few guys left over from the Kings won their cup in 2014, um, but they're kind of transitioning to a new younger team. But uh, again, the beauty of the NHL playoffs is you expect a team like Edmonton to roll by them, even with their flaws, but they go and lost in overtime uh, at the home Kings. Won, yeah, Canada. won game one. Exactly. So it's, it's a lot of fun. The other game that went in overtime, Dallas and Minnesota, uh, double overtime game, a great series, two even teams. Uh, I actually, Sal put a place to bed for me, 50 bucks on the Dallas Stars to win the uh, the Stanley Cup because I refuse to bet on my Rangers. Um, I like this team a lot. They're just pretty, you know, they're good. They're deep. They're good on offense. They have guys like Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, who are, uh, you know, been around the league for a while. And so this younger- is troubling. You've put a bet on, I mean, you didn't do it. Sal put a bet on Dallas. So you you kind of inadvertently bet against your own team. Uh, well, they're a Western team. So I, I feel, I mean, if the Rangers play the stars in a series, the Rangers should beat them. Um, okay. I think. And I also think that like, I just don't like the idea of, I'm not betting against my team directly. I just don't want to bet on them and jinx them. I just, I, I'm weird. I, I think I'm going to wear the same exact outfit that I wore yesterday when the Rangers won. Um, Is but- it washed? I'm not going to wash anything. No, uh, I'm going to keep everything exactly the same. I, I know I'm going to sit exactly where I did on the couch. I, I'm very superstitious when it comes to that. I feel like I have an impact on the result of a game that's being played nowhere near where I currently live. Um, that's how I am too. If you are a, you would fit in great in 80 for Brady. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if uh, if you're a casual hockey fan, you want to watch a fun series that's too, like very evenly matched with two deep teams, teams that, again, don't have no really flaws. Dallas-Minnesota is a great series to start watching. Another big story, similar to the Conor McDavis of Edmonton, the Toronto Maple Leafs, one of the most popular teams in hockey. They have Austin Matthews, who is the, right now the best American-born player. Um, it seems like he's already trying to leave Toronto eventually, and I think if they don't get by the Tampa Bay Lightning, who beat him in game one, that's going to happen. Tampa Bay, obviously, they won a bunch of cups lately they've been sort of a dynasty um not as good as they have been a lot of their guys are getting older lost some guys to free agency but they still have one of the best goaltenders in the league and they still have steven samkos they still have nikita kucherov braden point they have some high-end players they're a little banged up right now but if toronto does not win this series uh and they they showed some shots of the crowd watching the game uh, outside the, the arena up in canada they look devastated and it's going to be there's just so much pressure um think about like the amount of pressure like the new york yankees get that's kind of like mm-hmm. what the maple leafs get 
And if they don't win, the, then Austin Matthews, I'm afraid, will be on the move. The second best player in hockey, most likely. It's crazy to think the best two players in this sport, the two faces of the league, will be on the move this offseason. Their teams don't succeed. So that's really what's on stake there. Wow. Um, I mentioned the Winnipeg Jets before with the player Morgan Barron who got the skate in the, in the face. They won over Vegas, which is a bit of a shock because uh, I think Vegas is a pretty under-the-radar great team. Winnipeg is pretty low Stanley Cup odds, but again, the beauty of this playoffs is that even the team with the high star power and the veteran leadership they have on defense and a net for, for Vegas does not matter. Winnipeg has the hot goalie, Connor Hellybuck. Um, they will win games. They'll win low scoring games, but uh, they did a great job in Vegas, one nothing. And the, probably the biggest shocker of the entire playoff so far, the Seattle Kraken, an expansion team, beating mm-hmm. the defending champs, the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, the Kraken basically got every team's cast-offs. Like, this is Mm -hmm. similar to, like, you know, when the Houston Texans with, like, Mm -hmm. David Carr were a a team. And, like, they imagine them going into playoffs, and then they first round had to face the defending Super Bowl champions, and, like, they took them out. They actually own the Avalanche this year. They played them uh, four times. They only lost once. It was a shootout. They've held the defending champs to only, like, like, what, seven goals in four games. Uh, They just shut them down defensively, which is strange because Colorado – is an all-star team. They lost some guys from last year, but they are really as good as it gets all across the board here. Um, that's a series that I'm shocked that they actually stole a game. I thought that could have been a sweep, but they won that one. And then, uh, you know, my series, the Rangers devils, it's the Hudson river rivalry. It's, um, you have the up and coming devils who have Jack Hughes, a great American born player, uh, a team that loves the fast break uh, and to attack you in transition. Think that like Phoenix sun, seven seconds or less, um, uh, you know, with like Sean Marion and Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire, when those teams are just, you know, how to get the ball out of their hands into the net. That's kind of how the devils play uh, on hockey, where they just want to make you commit turnovers and they pounce on that. Rangers did a good job not letting that happen. They shut down uh, Hughes, who just does not like the physicality, and uh, they won that game 5 1. So, Rangers are on paper one of the best teams, but a very, very tough path to get to the East, but that's loaded with teams like Toronto and, and teams like Boston and Carolina. So, we'll see. But that's a, a, my quickest possible roundup of the NHL playoffs so far. So, who are you, really who are you like, cheering for, Megan? Um, I really like the Kraken's uniform. And Great I uniform. Shot- and I saw I saw the Kraken play the Kings the one game I went to and there was a brawl after the Ooh. after <laughs> after the game had finished so I loved that energy very petty I I was rooting for my Kings I, I every year CJ and I go we're going to become Kings fans okay and you know we didn't we didn't make it this year we had a baby um but the, my fandom starts now and I I am a I'm a Kings fan I am going to cheer for Tampa. The Florida team, um, I know I could easily just jump on the Boston bandwagon, but um, I know uh, I'm not going to do that. I the, the the Boston accents really kill me, though, and especially the Boston hockey people are like, yeah, pasta guy. Yeah, we got we got Mc, is McDavid on the on the Bruins. I don't even know. McDavid's an uh, oiler. They have oh, he's Charlie the oiler, Mac- that McAvoy, 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 Charlie Mac, Charlie McAvoy out in Southie guy. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Tampa, but I will give a little shout out to Winnipeg. I love the people of Winnipeg. I've been there for work before. And one time I was um, tasked with going to find matches for all of my friends. So I asked the waitress and she was so nice. She said, oh, oh, we don't have matches here. Oh, no. But here I always keep a lighter in my brassiere. And she pulled <laughs> a lighter out of her bra and gave and it you to said, me. I'll use it. Only in Winnipeg, Canada will that happen. So I'm rooting for Winnipeg and for Tampa Bay. Okay. 
I think uh, those are those are good picks. Uh, Tampa Bay still has enough firepower to win this, and like I said, they have one of the best goalies in the league in Vasilevsky. Um, if they if Tampa wins, Megan, your pick will change like hockey dramatically going forward. And the same goes for uh, the the if Kings. The Kings win. You guys pick right. the two teams that could really change the course of hockey. Like imagine like, you know, LeBron or someone of that, like Mahomes in their prime getting traded. Like that's how crazy it will be. Um, we so chose you guys, chaos. You did. You really did choose chaos. So that's, that's a lot of fun. We love chaos here. Thank Eddie, you, thank Eddie. you so much for our resident, our resident puck guy, Eddie Spaghetti. Um, all right. Just a couple uh, news and notes around Major League Baseball. I have some very excited, exciting news that can't share all the details with you yet, but I'm just going to give you all a little teaser that something exciting is in the works as it relates to me and baseball. Clayton Kershaw also got his 200th win last night, and our boss, Cousin Sal, was in attendance with and his he was boys. Sad. He was sad. Very sad. Um, Sad for him to, to see his Mets lose in his home turf. Trevor Bauer pitched his first game in Japan. Um, cool. cool. Uh, we already talked cool. about the Oakland A's and how their announcer booth is overrun with possums. And we're going to try and stay on the good side of the possum community. So we're going to move on quickly from that. And the Tampa Bay Rays finally lost. They've lost three games. They are now <laughs> 15 and three. The re- the wheels are really fine for just, the Rays. They wanted everyone to stop talking about them. Now, when I was in San Diego, I tweeted, should I go to a Padres game by myself? And everyone was very supportive. I did decide to not do that and lay in bed and finish Love is Blind. Um, but I will say if Fernando Tatis was in the lineup, I would have gone. So here is my pitch to Major League Baseball, who has made all of these, I think, great, great changes to speed the game along and, and bring fans in. I would also add to that if you're a player who's really cool and fun and you say you got ringworm, just let him play. You know, like if Fernando Tatis, his hair is so cool. I love when he eats out of the bowl. Just like, yeah, he got ringworm. All right. We need him. So turn a blind eye. You know, when people were really into baseball, when everyone was on steroids. That's And I think maybe we could go back to that era because it was really fun to watch them just knock it out. So if my man, Fernando, says that he needed a little ointment to clear something up and whoopsie doopsie, there was maybe some HGH in that. Fine. Who (laughs) cares? Um, Have you been to Petco before? No, it's a great park. I'm a big fan. Big. I fan. believe it. I believe it. And I and I and I'm gonna go see my King Shohei at some point. I had to miss my Dodgers game to go down there, but I think I'm going next week because I want to see the fireworks. Good. I'm very excited for you. And um, hopefully, my White Sox. It's been very up and down. Obviously, they're dealing with injuries. Tim Anderson's still out of the lineup, but I've been impressed with the youngsters like Gavin Sheets and Jake Berger, who have shown some power in the middle of the lineup. So hopefully, things can get back on track. And then yeah. yesterday, um, they had a combined shutout, combined Great. shutout victory in a doubleheader against the Phillies. So it's always a good day when Chicago beats. Philadelphia and the manager hasn't fallen asleep on the bench. So I think that, that, that seems like a good omen. Yeah. I mean, anything is better than Tony LaRussa. Do you have anything else to plug Megan? I know you have your huge show tomorrow. You're doing a whole hour. Everybody should come out and watch and support you on 420. That's it. That's all I got. Where is your show? 
Um, it's at Lyric Hyperion, which is one of my favorite uh, little venues in LA. I once did a show there that Demi Moore was at and we chatted afterwards. Mm. So if it's good enough for Demi, it's good enough for you. Extra points, listeners. Okay. Absolutely. Um, Friday Night Smackdown, as always, 8, 7 Central on Fox. And I think that's all we got. So thank you all for listening. We will see you next week. Thank you. 